0: Because saying no or sticking with a no can be really hard for many reasons for different parents. Sometimes it's because we don't want to deal with a meltdown or the pushback or whatever level of battle we think may ensue with a no or that we are now currently experiencing due to a no. Or we don't want our child to experience negative feelings towards us like anger or resentment or hurt. Or we just don't like to see our kids unhappy. But we also know that we need to be able to say no, hold space for and allow their feelings about it, set the boundary and hold it regardless of how upset in general or with us our children may get, or how big their reaction may be. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Hello, everyone. So I've gotten some questions from parents lately who are really struggling with how to say no. Or also, maybe more accurately, some of them are struggling with sticking with a no. Had a couple of parents through some coaching sessions this past week that we had to work through, and then another one who was asking, Very similar question through an email. And this is a really good topic to dig into because saying no or sticking with a no can be really hard for many reasons for different parents. Sometimes it's because we don't wanna deal with a meltdown or the pushback or whatever level of battle we think may ensue with a no or that we are now currently experiencing due to a no. Or we don't want our child to experience negative feelings towards us like anger or resentment or hurt. Or we just don't like to see our kids unhappy. But we also know that we need to be able to say no, hold space for and allow their feelings about it, set the boundary and hold it regardless of how upset in general or with us our children may get or how big their reaction may be Easier, Not just saying it and sticking to it, but also for my kids to hear it and accept it. So I'm going to start with the issue of dealing with the battles, the pushback, the meltdowns, or whatever flavor the battle may come in on that particular day or with your particular child. There's two reasons I've experienced where parents don't want to deal with the battles. The first is just plain tired and or stressed. We're trying to get out the door in the morning or it's the end of the day and we just want to get dinner ready and on the table. And we may or may not still have a slate of things that we still have to do after dinner. Either way, we just aren't sure if we have the energy to deal with the battle. And so we're trying to decide inside our own mind how to proceed in that moment. The second reason I've seen is a less persistent parent with a more persistent child who doesn't want to battle. And so they end up giving in a lot. But then when they really feel like they need to be able to say no and mean it, then it can be a real struggle. In these instances, Here's what I'm going to recommend. The first step stop and consider. Consider your answer and lean towards a yes when you can. Oftentimes, our default answer is no. Can Naya spend the night tonight? No. Can we go to the park today? No. Can I play outside? No. Can we take the truck to school instead of the car? No. For whatever reason we have initially, And then we tend towards a no, but then we might immediately regret it when this barrage of questions about why not? Why can't we take the truck? The truck is better. The truck, I can sit higher. I can see out of the truck. And we start giving them reasons and you just, or they have a complete meltdown. So we just don't want to deal with all that. We don't want to have to argue against every reason for our no. So they can argue the reason that our no should be a yes if they're old enough to engage in problem solving. If they're younger, it can just go right into complete meltdown and now we're dealing with that and we wish we would have just said yes in the first place. So first we want to think about the answer. Is it possible to have the friend spend the night to get to the park today, to allow your child to go outside by themselves or to go out with them so they can play, to take the truck over the car? If so, then go for the yes. But if you just can't, Have your friend over that night or you can't get to the park that day or in that moment or your child can't go outside or there's a really good reason why you can't take the truck. Let your child know you can't that night and why? Even though they may try to argue, but if you are solid in your no, it's much easier to hold the boundary and help your child learn that no means no. But then you also want to offer a time in the very near future as an alternative. And you want to give a definitive answer, not just later or soon. Tonight just isn't going to work. We have to be up really early to take your dad to the airport, but let's invite her over next Friday. No, honey, we can't go outside right now. We're about to eat lunch, but we will go out right after lunch. I know you like the truck because you can sit up high and see better, but I have to drive to work right after. And the truck costs a lot more money for me to drive than the car. But I can take you to the store in the truck on Friday. The lean towards the more automatic yes. And I say automatic because we're really thinking about it first. Instead of an automatic no, we're going to start to go more towards an automatic yes. We're going to think it through first. It makes our parenting feel much more fair overall to our children. When we can't give a yes, offering an alternative softens the no to a not right now. But it's better than a not right now because... It's definitive. It's not like the not today or not right now or soon, because that often turns into an unknown, which is really frustrating for kids. So I want to try to give them a when. So now what we're doing is we're eliminating battles over the no's that we weren't feeling solid in anyway, and that potentially might turn to yeses, which also has that negative effect of teaching kids that no means maybe or no means yes, as long as you keep pushing. And therefore, we invite the persevering. For the yes. But when we have a really solid answer, a solid no, we can stick with it so much easier. When we know we have to be up early, it's just not going to work to have a friend spend the night. When we know we just are not going to spend the money on the gas for the truck, if we have to drive to work that's 30 miles away and back, they just have to accept that the car is what we're doing today. It makes it a lot easier to stick with that boundary. Okay, but what if you just gave a no and now you realize it was a reflex answer? There really was no legitimate reason for a no. You just were feeling tired. You really didn't want to think about having a friend spend the night. So you just said no automatically. You don't want to battle, but you don't want to reward pushing back against the boundary now every time you say no. So what are you going to do? If you send the message consistently, it's okay to change your answer so long as it's a rare occurrence. And usually you say yes when you can, but when you say no... You know why, and so you stick to it. So if in this instance you just went to a no and then you realized, maybe I should have said yes. Maybe you realize I'm tired tonight, but these kids are actually really pretty quiet. They go to bed early. It's not gonna interrupt my sleep. It's not gonna be a problem. So then you can explain, I made a mistake. I jumped to saying no without really thinking it through. We can go ahead and have your friend come over tonight. We can go ahead and go outside and play together as soon as we're both dressed, whatever. The reason is, then go ahead and explain. So because we aren't perfect, we aren't always going to give the perfect, fully thought out answer off the cuff every time. Sometimes we're going to jump to an answer. We're going to make a mistake. Stating so is the perfect way to teach that it's okay to make a mistake, that we admit to our mistake when we say, I should have thought it through better. It's very different than saying, we can't go outside right now because we have to get to school today we will spend some time outside together after school or tomorrow. Or your friend can't spend the night tonight because we have to be up early tomorrow. We can do it on Friday instead. Those answers sound very different than I made a mistake, I didn't think it through. And so they will learn to differentiate that pretty quickly. Another reason some parents really struggle to say no, or if they do manage to say no, they have a really hard time sticking with it is because the idea of their child harboring any negative feelings towards them is a really difficult thing to sit with. If this is something that you struggle with, and so it's important to bring some self-awareness to this. Why am I struggling to say no? Why am I struggling to hold a no? And understanding if that's your reason, like I really don't like my child being upset with me. Why is that? What's going on with this? If this is something you struggle with, here are some really good questions to ask. Why do I feel My relationship with my child should be completely free of conflict and negative feelings. Is this realistic? But where does this come from? What are my fears? Are they rational? Now, I've seen this struggle with parents who had very contentious relationships with their own parents. They felt unheard, unseen, unloved, misunderstood, resentful. They had parents who were not emotionally available to make space for or guide or support their feelings. So they have a lot of negative feelings towards their own parents. And because they in no way want to repeat this and in no way want their children to feel about them or feel the way that they felt growing up, they try to avoid all conflict at all costs. And I can relate to these feelings. I had a very contentious relationship with one of my parents growing up. There was so much anger and resentment that built up over years. So by the time I was a teen, I could barely stand to be in the room with this parent. There was so much damage done to our relationship and to me psychologically, to my self-esteem and so much more. I would never want my kids to have to experience any of that. And I certainly would not want my kids to feel that way about me that I felt about my parent. When we don't have healthy role models, modeling healthy relationships, which will mean some conflict, some feelings of hurt, some feelings of anger and frustration from time to time, it's hard to know how to navigate those in healthy ways. So it feels safer to just avoid it altogether. But unfortunately, this still perpetuates unhealthy relationship cycles. It's still the same person in the same role as the people pleaser, as trying to keep everyone happy, not upsetting anyone. It doesn't allow your child to learn to hear and accept other people's healthy boundaries. So it won't just come from the parents. But then when they go to interact with peers, with partners, with business partners, in the future, they won't know how to deal with that. So it just perpetuates an unhealthy cycle when one person is always getting their way and the other person is always giving in. The patterns we set up early and we continue through their childhood will follow them into their adult relationships. So there's an approach that I use with my kids that helps them to respect my nose when I need to give them my boundaries much easier. And it helps me to feel confident and know that these feelings of upset With me over the choices that I've made, the no's that I've given and the boundaries that I set that I make for them are only temporary. So I'm going to get to this along with some other really helpful insights after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just Thirty minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Pure air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puroair at getpuroair.com. That's G E T P U R O A I R.com. Puroair is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, parenting beyond discipline listeners. That's HomeThreads.com/slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order. Because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. Now that we're back, how can we overcome feeling uneasy about our children being upset with us? Especially if you spent your childhood upset with your parents in ways that affected the connection more long term. I have two ideas for this. First, what was it about the way your parent or parents dealt with things that made you feel hurt, angry, and or resentful, especially over the long term? For me, it was things like their feelings always took center stage and had no ability to hear my feelings, let alone actually make room for them or be supportive ever. And secondly, even after huge outbursts, verbal and or physical abuse There was never an apology. There was no admitting of any wrongdoing. It was brushed under the rug and I would never get an I'm sorry. And actually, I would get that it was my fault. My behavior caused the abuse. I did something that made my parent react the way that they did. Now, this may be extreme compared to some experiences and for others, it may hit home really hard. But I want you to know that setting boundaries for kids that we need to for any number of reasons, whether it's for their safety, for their health, for their academic success, even for our own self-care. Saying no to a sleepover because we really need a good night's sleep and the kids are going to be allowed and they do have trouble getting to sleep when you ask them to, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's never a reason to feel guilty. I've had to say no to that on occasion a couple of times myself really looking at the difference in how you were treated or made to feel that caused some really negative feelings to build rather than resolve and knowing that negative feelings in the short term are okay saying no for all those reasons are okay our kids feeling any way about it <laughs> whatever we've told them no to is also okay leaving room for them to be upset is where the connection is strengthened it's where it will remove those feelings and help them dissipate quickly. I know you're really disappointed you aren't having your friend over tonight. Would you like to talk about it? You never know what can open up just by asking if they want to talk about it. Now, if they don't, that's okay too. But always ask, always offer because you never know. I have shared this little story before, but it also fits in here too. So I came home one day after picking up my oldest son from school and The kid's dad had picked up the younger two kids and my daughter was sitting on the couch. She hadn't cleaned up her room like I had asked her. She was supposed to have it done the day before and it still wasn't done. And so I started in on her. Now, this was my lapse in judgment and she got really rude with me. And I realized in that moment something deeper was going on. And instead of getting on her about being rude, which was my initial thought inside that I wanted to let her know it wasn't okay to be rude with me, but Instead, I stopped because I knew we weren't going to get anywhere in that moment about that. I asked her if she had a bad day. She said yes. And I invited her to talk about it. And she and I sat and talked. She had some friendships that seemed to be shifting. And so in those age groups, when those friendships start to shift, that can be tough. And then she also didn't do very well in a test. So she was feeling upset about that. So she just had a couple of things and it just made the whole day feel kind of icky. So I was able to apologize for not entering the conversation in a much better way. She was able to get her troubles off her chest. I was able to give her some care and love and connection and some thoughts of wisdom. And she apologized for reacting intensely as well. We had conflict. We had mutual frustration and hurt and anger with each other, but we connected. And I will always remember that. I will always remember to do better than to jump on her right after school about something I want her to do or something she didn't do or something I want her to do better. And that's a huge difference in how I was parented. I know the outcomes are and will continue to be vastly different. The second approach that has been immensely helpful is setting up an understanding of two things with my kids. Number one, My job as a parent is to keep my children safe first and foremost and then to guide and support them to become the best version of themselves. And number two, everything I do for them is out of love. I never do anything to be mean or to upset them or to have a power play. It is out of love. And I have both of these conversations with them multiple times over the years. And we still continue to this day, starting from when they were really little. When they were really little, it was a simple statement. And I would say, my number one job is to keep you safe. Now, back then, they could repeat it to me. What is my number one job? And they would say, to keep me safe. So whenever I had to tell them no or stop them from doing something like running towards the street or that kind of thing, I could say, what's my number one job? To keep me safe. Then we could have a conversation about safety and the choice that they had just made or where they were about to make and why it wasn't safe. But they knew it's because I love them. I wasn't trying to stop them from doing something just because I wanted to or just to make their day miserable. I remember the biggest struggle my oldest son and I ever had, and I honestly don't remember what it was about, but I remember his really big reaction. This is so different than anything I'd ever experienced with him before. And it wasn't that long ago. I want to say it was about six months ago. And I remember him being so angry with me. I even asked him just uh, before I did this podcast, and he doesn't remember what it was about either. And actually, he doesn't even remember being really mad at me. But I remember him pushing back really hard, which he really does not do this was like a a once a one-time thing so far we probably will have some more of these through the teenage years but this was a one-time thing so far and he's almost 14 he was really mad about something I wouldn't let him do or have and, and say I remember saying to him do you think it's my goal to make you angry and he said I don't know it's mad so I reworded it and I said do you think I like you being angry with me do you think I actually say to myself hmm I think I'll just say no.'" so Carter will get mad at me. I think I just want to have power. And he said no, because he knows, like I do. We have this relationship where he is so responsible that I rarely feel like I need to say no to something. He makes really good decisions. He's got a great head on his shoulders. I trust him to make really smart choices. He's invested in his future. He's excited about his future. So when I do need to say no and set a boundary, I have a really good reason why. I have to do that. Why I know it's not a good idea. So when kids understand this on a deep level, that we love them, that we're on their side, that the decisions we make as parents are out of love, not out of being lazy, not out of wanting to wield power, but because we love them and we want to guide them as best we can to help them flourish. The anger, the hurt, the frustration will dissipate quickly. And if they're like my son, He'll forget all about it that it ever even happened, (laughs) what it was about, or that he was even ever mad in the first place. And I've used all these phrases. I have said, I'm not making decisions to wield power. I tell them I want them to feel empowered to make decisions for themselves. And the more they show me how responsible they can be, the more I will hand over to them. Because they know this deep down, because they understand this, because we've had these conversations time and again, and we will continue, Even when they're mad or disappointed, they can't stay mad or disappointed for long. The third reason, which is kind of a carryover, but it's a little bit different, is not wanting to see our kids unhappy. No one wants to see someone they love unhappy. But at the same time, we know life will not always go their way. For some parents, this can be another version of the second reason, where the patterns of codependency are running really deep. So setting boundaries at the expense of someone else's displeasure can be difficult. If we grew up having to have our boundaries bowled over and we don't know how to set them, we don't know how to set them in a healthy way because we didn't get the opportunity to to practice and because no one set healthy boundaries with us or showed us how to do it, where are you going to learn how to do this? So this is where it takes some work to get to a place where we can be okay with being uncomfortable with this, with our kids being upset with us, with our kids being unhappy, that it's not our job to make them happy. It's our job to help them grow up and flourish so we can get better at it. One of the ways to dig into this is to ask yourself some really important questions about what you want for your child. Do I want my child to have strong relationship skills? Do I want my child to have the ability to respect healthy boundaries and set healthy boundaries? Can I get myself to a place where I can allow the discomfort of my child's feelings to be and know that I'm helping him or her set up really important life skills. Another dialogue I've had with my kids is, if I said yes to this thing that they're asking for or to everything, right? I wouldn't be doing my job as a parent. Being a parent sometimes means making hard choices and saying or doing things that your kids may be upset about. But if I'm being a good parent to you, that's what I have to do. I'm teaching you really important life lessons and skills that will help you become the best version of you. I know you may not appreciate it right now, and that's okay. If you'd like to talk to me about it, I'm open to hear your feelings of being upset or disappointed or anything else they'd like to share. And this is how we set really healthy boundaries. The no means no, we stick with it, we stick with it lovingly, but we allow them to have their feelings about it. We're there as a soft space. We're there to let them bounce off of us. And we still allow their feelings to be valid. We allow them to share their displeasure. This is how we show up as the caring, compassionate, strong leader that they really need. And all of this is such amazing work to create this relationship so that when your kids are older and they're tweens and teens, you have this amazing relationship. I can't tell you how amazing my relationship is with my 14-year-old. He talks to me about so many things and it's just amazing to have this connection where I can see this relationship. I'm still his mom. I still set boundaries. I still say yes or no. I still, you know, guide him. But there's also this friendship developing and it's really incredible to be a part of it. And that's really what I want for all parents and kids to just have that really amazing, deeply connected relationship that you can have. They deserve, you deserve. And it's so incredible to feel that. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Your Village Online. I post answers to questions that get sent to me because I can't always get to them all through emails or on the podcast. And so I put some of those up on the Instagram account if you want to follow there. Also, my latest podcast, Aaron Royer Presents, Minding the Gap, is up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. The latest episodes include topics like conquering guilt and shame, connecting with courage, bringing awareness to defense mechanisms that we often hide behind. If this sounds like something that's interesting to you, I hope you'll check it out. Of course, the classes on positive discipline, self-esteem, all 60 parenting classes on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.